Welcome to the Media Insider, the podcast which gives you the secrets on how to get into the media. Every episode, I interview a commissioning editor or producer about exactly what stories and interviews they commission for their pages or programme and how you can pitch to them. I'm your host, Helen Croydon. I'm an author, a former journalist, and now I run a small PR practice called ThoughtLeadershipPR.com, helping business leaders, academics, entrepreneurs and public figures become better known as experts in their field. If you like this podcast, please tell your colleagues, share it on social media. That's how others find it. This episode, I'm joined by Lucy Dunn. She's deputy editor of The Telegraph magazine and lifestyle editor of The Telegraph newspaper. She's had a very high profile career helping launch the Poor women's website and was on the launch team at Grazia and worked there for 10 years. So loads of big name publication experience. Welcome, Lucy. Hi. First of all, just tell us what is the lifestyle editor? What do they do? Well, I suppose I have two roles on the paper. The lifestyle editor probably is less pertinent now um, than it was when I joined. I joined to be more of a, a work on sort of lifestyle special projects, and that can do that can be anything from education supplements to gift guides to have done ad hoc eco supplements that kind of thing so that the the lifestyle editor part of my job I think has probably shrunk a a bit in recent years I've been on the telegraph for three years my main role now is deputy editor of telmag and that that takes up most of my time and that's a whole big beast in itself we're a very small team and it's a weekly news mag and two years ago just about six months before the pandemic we relaunched the magazine to make it a lot more newsy than it was this was in line with the telegraph becoming an online first media brand and the brief was to make it make the pieces more online first and more online friendly so we we lost a lot of um the pieces that were in there that just weren't going weren't working for online for example you know eight page pieces on conservation in africa you know those sort of very niche interest pieces and broadened it out to a wider market okay so tell me about the telegraph magazine now then since that launch what are the regular features or slots or pages if, if there are any? We're not a slot-driven ma- magazine. So we have four main features in the um, magazine. And there is a news report, variably. There's sometimes a trend report. Then there will be a celebrity interview, which is invariably the cover interview. And then we might have an emotional first person in there in the mix. But it, it really does depend. And we are news-led, but we're not newsy. So I think the best example of that would be I commissioned a piece on the text fraud wave that's going at the moment. Now, in terms of news, in terms of the news desk, they would say that's old. And yeah, they they wrote about that probably six weeks ago, eight weeks ago when it's when it started. But for us, that's generally something that people are still talking about you know, that people are getting up to four scam texts a week. So I knew that that, you know, that is hitting the, is in the now, the piece is in the now, and it hit the sweet spot. So it was doing better than the lead splash 
news splash that day. Okay. It was clicking better because it generally was something that people are talking about. So that's the main features. So what about other content? Like, do you do reviews and things like that? So William Sitwell does a restaurant review. Um, we have the, all the sort of interiors and food and sort of lifestyle at the back and fashion um, at the back of the magazine. Generally, so that, you know, um, features are our heart in, in the magazine. And that's the, the four feature, big features are the big things that carry the carry the magazine through. And what are the readership figures, both for the print edition and for online? So for print, we don't release figures anymore. So Telegraph don't don't release print. It is it is now online because we are an online first business. So I have got seventy two million uniques um, written down here. I'm hoping that I just scribbled it down just before coming here. So I'm hoping that it might have changed. It might. I mean, we have you know grown. Um, since the pandemic but we are a subscriber-led business now so that's our business model so we are all about everything when I say online first we don't commission anything unless we know it's going to do well online so those niche interest features that's they've been left on the cutting cutting room floor and our targets are subscriptions and not just that there's an algorithm that they look at in terms of um, uh, dwell time engagement um, roll time all of that Um, because we're not just getting in subscriptions we're super serving our audience and if they engage with us if they comment you know that's what you want you you want people to to engage and comment so for example the scamdemic piece I commissioned, I got a cyber expert to go below the line, which when we say below the line, it's that he spent an hour answering readers' questions or and and talking to them below when they're in the comment section. Oh, that's interesting. Do you, do you often you know, say, would you pay an expert to do that? No, he did it for the love. And, you know, it, he's got a business to plug as well. And actually, we if it's not an expert, we'll ask the, the journalist who wrote the piece. For example, very often we use, we will get a journalist who's an expert in a certain um, thing. Like we have a lady who had depression for years and is an expert on antidepressants. And she will go behind below the line. And, you know, she can be very authoritative on things. And readers really appreciate, you know, that sort of face-to-face. It's not face-to-face, but you know what I mean. Um, That engagement. And that all, it drives up the algorithm. And, um, you know, we hit our targets and we're super-serving our audience. So it's everything now that goes in print, everything goes online. Gone are the days where you had certain content for print and certain content for online. But no, um, everything goes online. But then there are things like uh, we do a um, page at the back called Flashback, which is a sort of look back on at a day day in history. It's very more often than not, is you know as witnessed by. So we had um, Elvis's ex girlfriend talking about living with Elvis, and I think it was Elvis's the anniversary of his death or something the other week. So that kind of piece might get lost in the melee um, online. So some so we do make a call. The smaller pieces might not go up online. Um, but the bigger piece, obviously, you know, a big piece like the text would have taken probably a couple of weeks from start to finish to conceive and brief out and do. And, you know, a dream of not putting that online. That 
Um, some things go online, don't necessarily do as well, but they're, they're a service. So there are certain things like certain pieces that, and don't quote me on this as being exact, but, you know, like opera, an opera review or a review of some play in West Hampstead. But they're, they're important to do because if people look them up, you know, they're an important thing for a brand, the brand to do. But, you know, we we very much have our targets and we, you know, so that's what we're focused on. So let's talk about the commissioning a little bit. So talk me through what happens with the planning process, because you're a, a weekly magazine and you're news led, but not newsy. So how does the process work? How many planning meetings do you have? Um, how many people do stories have to be run by, etc.? So there are three and a half of us on the, the, the magazines who commission. So that's not very many. So it isn't, there isn't really a massive process because things come in and, you know, we try and get things in as quickly as possible and put them in the magazine as quickly as possible. We have a schedule that we work, which goes right up to the end of the year. Um, so there are longer lead projects that we're working on, but we try and you know, keep it as reactive as possible. So as as quick as, you know, get things in as quickly as possible. So for example, I'll have, I say I have an idea, then I will pitch it to the editor and then we'll have a quick chat about what the line is. Uh, we will all, always have an idea of what how we're going to illustrate it because if, if it doesn't have an idea of a strong visual idea, then we are then it's not going to make a great feature. So a visual concept is really really important. Do you have a lead-in time? Like you know, is there you know like a lot of magazines you have to pitch. Uh, the weekly magazines pitch three weeks ahead and they've got all their content planned a week ahead. Is there a is there a set schedule like that? Or is it a bit more it's a bit more fluid. So we um we go down we go to print on a Monday and Saturday. So yes, I mean obviously I think I think Stacey, our production editor, would like us uh, to get copy in and visuals in a month before, but it doesn't, you know, we're always trying to push on that deadline. We we're news journalists, that's what we do. So yeah, coming back to the process, I suppose we I'll have an idea of the visuals. The visuals are really, really important. And then I will write out a brief and we take a long time over our briefs because they're long reads it's not just like oh well throwing it over to a writer we'll decide how we're going to you know what the piece is going to be about a long read is a meaty piece has got to have many layers I would say and then we will also I'll discuss with the editor or with the rest of the team which writer that we want and then that's really important because the right writer they can be writers that are, who are experts but they can be the right some writers are really good at humor some writers are really good at warmth you know some writers sometimes we will put female writers with male subjects sometimes we put male writers with male subjects but we just um, because we'll be thinking about the dynamic it might be that there'll be an older male writer who we want who we put together with a an old old rock star that we want because we just know that they'll have the same they'll have things in common so personality is really really important so we had spent quite a lot of time deciding on the right writers and these are staff writers staff writers yeah lots of staff writers depending on if they're busy not that you know because their their main prerogative is the newspaper and the daily and yeah no other other writers as well external writers we use as well and do those freelance writers pitch to you or do you ever 
uh, approach. They do pitch, a lot of people pitch and I get lots of unsolicited pitches. I do try and answer everything because I do think it's important um, for people, you know, to get reply because I know that it's it's quite hard out there for freelance writers and I do try. And there's very few people out there pitching long reads. So invariably the unsolicited pitches I get aren't suitable for us you know they might be great ideas for the newspaper and I will try and suggest where they should go on the newspaper for them but I generally don't get that many good pitches from writers for long reads it's it's a sort of a dying discipline which is a shame when or it's not just you know it's it's not a discipline that is popular um, in the industry but it's a shame because we know that long reads online do work that you know a good quality long read will will work that you know 800 words and that you've lost them i think is um a bit of an old-fashioned concept because i know that our long reads will compete with a short snappy 100 worder yeah so what is a good pitch from a writer i'm going to ask about pitches from prs as well in a minute but since we're talking about writers what would be a good pitch for a long read from a freelance writer? Um, someone who ha- knows the Telegraph audience and somebody who has a subject that fits that sweet spot that I talked about earlier, a now subject, um, something that's not really been over-talked about and something that will that has something new brought, bring into the table as well because obviously we don't want to be publishing a long read about a subject that has been written about extensively so having said that you know what I do like about the Telegraph is there's a wealth of old news stories that are great to sort of reinvestigate there was a long piece Audible did a um, new podcast on Deep Cut I don't know if you remember Deep Cut there were soldiers who were allegedly killed themselves and that was a big big news story at the time and reinvestigating that and going back to that was a really good, made a really good report. And the Audible podcast had brought up something new. They, they discovered a fifth victim, allegedly. So could revisit that in detail. And that's where a long read, you know, is a really absorbing Saturday afternoon read for, for people. Yeah. So let's talk, that's, that's writers pitching to you. What about PRs? Do you get a lot of pitches from PRs or members of the public who want to get into the media? Not um, not personal pitches, no. So, you know, I, I get thousands of um, emails a day, thousands, um, probably, probably an exaggeration, hundreds. Um, and very rarely are they... Um, personal targeted pitches to Telegraph magazine and pitched at the magazine. If they are, I will obviously read them, but rarely do we get pitches, well thought out pitches from PRs. What what would they be pitching to if they're not personalised? Products mainly, restaurants, just general you know, tr- trends that I've read about. And also because you know that these have go- gone round and they're just catch-all pi- um, press releases, you know that everybody's seen them as well. You know, we don't want to know, do anything, that even if it was a good idea or it was a good, good germ of an idea, we're not going to do it when we know that everybody else has seen it. Yeah. So what would there be any way? I mean, what is, is there any content or story or anything where that any way you could use 
a pitch from a PR or have oh, yeah totally I mean I think it, it just needs to be targeted to the magazine targeted it to me so it's not no one else has seen it and also if you can help out a journalist by saying you've got case studies or you've got assets and you can think about you know oh well you know that person can be is willing to be shot that person is on the record I have this expert that expert on call if if PRs can give you a package and asking them to do the work for you but I'm asking if it is more of a well thought out pitch then yes of course then that that's something that I would go right okay I'll take up and, and have a think and see and it might not be the right angle but oh look at all this content that, around this this subject that they're the, you're pitching it maybe this this angle could work this would resonate with our readers for example yeah and do, what about if PR's pitch um a sort of these are this is an expert who I'm working with um they can comment on anything to do with famine in Africa, for example. Are those type of speculative, hey, I've got an expert on my books who can do this? Yeah, I mean, they they are good. Journalists tend to be very disorganised and very, very much in in the now. And so those sort of things that, oh, you know, when there's, I don't know, there's a big divorce that goes around and some PR says, oh, so-and-so can speak on blah and, and, and divorce, you know, yeah, that that's great. I'll be like, oh yes, 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 that's great. But probably won't. I'd probably have to then, if I was going back to it, I'd have to then look it up on in Gmail. And to be honest, there's quite a lot that goes through our Gmail boxes. So. But I don't normally get to that granular detail when I, uh, you know, that's something that a writer will be, whether it's a freelancer or in house, should really, if they're doing their job right, be capturing those and. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. And that's that's interesting observation, because when I was a journalist, that's one thing that I observed was no, everyone seems to be so sorgan. Every newsroom that I've worked in doesn't ever have an organised contact date. But every newsroom. And it's it's funny you've made that observation. Yeah. They don't teach you. And that's right. You're, it's because they're in the now, you know, and it's because there's so much to deal with. We don't have any time to future plan. I guess. No, no, absolutely no. So, um one thing I was going to ask you, actually, this, this. So, for example, if I'm googling something, I'm I'm writing a brief, and obviously, when I'm I'm I will research a, a, and do quite a lot of research when I'm writing a brief for a writer. But I'm googling, I don't know, say, I did an interview with Stormy Daniels, you know, the porn star, she, and 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 um, it was the only UK interview, and obviously, I had to do a lot of googling around porn stars. <laughs> And, you know, Trump and all this sort of thing, you know, and I did very intensive. But I got lots of press releases after that. Now, my name wasn't on the piece. I didn't write it. It was nothing to do with me. But is there some algorithm or just if you that when I'm searching for something, I suddenly get a press release about it? What What's going on there? It must be coincidence. That is interesting. There are some, I mean, you know, it depends how much of a conspiracy theorist you are in the whole tech, you know, the tech companies taking over the world, conspiracy theories. But I mean, there are some AI based platforms that I come across and I'm horrified about that market to the PR industry and what they do is they 
uh, allow PRs to put in a key term, I don't know, let's say Zumba fitness classes. And then any journalist that uses that exact phrase, Zumba fitness classes, in their article, these platforms will allow PRs to send automatic pitches to them. Dreadful, because it doesn't take in what sort of journalism that writer does. It only takes in the topic, and that's only half the equation. She might have been writing a news story about about how fitness is good for long COVID sufferers, and you might never, ever be writing about Zumba fitness classes ever again. So I'm just thinking perhaps a platform like that, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me that perhaps with a database that's owned by Google and that if you search a certain term when you're logged into Google, perhaps Google might pass on that information to um, one of these automatic pitching databases. I don't know. That's just a guess. Oh, it might be that then. Okay, that's clear. clear. Thankfully, the porn star press releases have gone. So they've disappeared. But yeah, it's very weird, very weird. So that's cleared something up. So sorry, you you were going to ask me some questions. Yeah, so I just want to ask you a little bit about, again, about pitching. So have you, um, do you have any pitching no-nos, um, pitching niggles? I would say just know the, 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 the brand, you know, know what the Telegraph is, you know, pitched to the right. You know, I get so many things that just aren't right for the magazine. The wrong age group, for example, you know, we're not we're not a millennial brand. We're a midlife brand. That is our core. We very rarely do hard news about foreign stories. I think it's just knowing the brand. I mean, I get, and then it's, it is that just general... Uh, it, general PR spam I get you know like I get fashion trends I haven't done fashion for like five years since I left Grazia I you know it's not but I still get fashion fashion press releases and um, my name is somewhere it's just an extra thing it's just another that just it won't get read so yeah I suppose the, the biggest note and it's just I'd like targeted pitches I'd like exclusive to me pitches, just well thought out with a, a bit more of a support, you know, um, in terms of experts, case studies and any assets, visual assets. If it's more of a package, you're much more, if, if a PR is pitched intelligently like that, then they're going to get my attention. And, and you know, it might not be exactly right, but, you know, that we can work on that. That's really good advice. Thanks, Lucy. And we're nearly out of time, but before I go, is there uh, are there any other trends that you've spotted anything um, either in the media or how on how journalists work? Um, yeah, I suppose the main trend is that journalists are ever more stretched. We don't just file copy anymore. We have to. So on on the magazine, once the page has been designed and subbed and goes off to print, we have a whole another section which is putting it online, thinking about the online head, thinking about the online visuals, thinking about any other assets if they're supporting video, Instagram, social. And then we also have to do our own Twitter. Thankfully, we don't have an Instagram account. So, And then we have to do our own. We're expected as journalists to um, promote it as well socially. So actually, in the last five, ten years, 
well, five years particularly, a journalist has become more of a content creator and aggregator than 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 ever before, and our job is much much wider than just writing and filing. Um, so, incredible, even more so than ever, we're a lot more stretched. So, any PR that can, as I say, give us a package, give us experts give us think, thinking about the assets, thinking about case studies, thinking about how um, things could work online, how visual, visuals could work, anything that, like that, then they can get the foot, foot in the door. Because at the, at the moment, it's, it's, it is quite a crazy, you know, we have become much more than a, a writers or editors, producers. Yeah. Yeah, we're mini, uh, we're, we're multimedia producers. We're, you know, uh, that's that's a very interesting observation. Lucy Dunn, Deputy Editor of Telegraph Magazine, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Media Insider. Please share this podcast or rate it on your podcast app. That's how others find it. If you're keen to get into the media or get your message and expertise more widely known, then visit thoughtleadershippr.com and see how I could help. Or find me on Twitter. Just search Helen Croydon. Good luck with your pitching.